Enduring to the end, I wrote a little Bible verse up here. It says, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation. Um, I, I think that applies to us today. And another, another Bible verse that I came across way back when I was studying for this topic was when Jesus said to, to Peter in Luke 22 there, he said, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And uh, I don't know how, how you picture that, but I see kind of a thrashing going on there. And then, and then you remember what Jesus said, but I have what? I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And as I was preparing for this class, I prayed for whoever comes to this class, which would be you, that your faith fail not. Jesus didn't pray for Peter that the, the hard times would go away. He didn't pray, make Peter courageous even. He said, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And that, that uh, applies to enduring to the end. In your notes today, I'd like to just start by helping each other make a little list of what issues does a teacher face that make enduring to the end a challenge. So let's, let's help each other on this list. For, for, I don't know if there are any first year teachers in here, probably not. They're probably just worried about the beginning yet. But one of the things that made that first year so long for me is I was terribly homesick. Um, but, but what are the things that come up during a school year make enduring to the end a challenge? Let's just make a little list here. You get tired. Shall we say worry about potential problems? What else? Just the workload. Discipline issues wear me out.
Okay. When the students get tired of it. In the past, I can remember some times when I disagreed with school policy or the school board. It's a drain. Physical, emotional exhaustion. focus Progress, it seems slow. Maybe things that go on outside of the classroom, even like um, other social um, activities that are there, or trying to work a side job. Mm hmm. I actually had something like that on here. Is that. Things that go on outside of the classroom. Uh, now, before we start getting discouraged, let's figure out what to do about some of these things. <laughs> one, one thing that I think you, you'd all agree, there, there are a number of different reasons that teachers teach. Um, some teachers teach for the money. I don't suppose there are very many of those in this room. Um, some teachers teach because they have a passion for academics. Um, some teachers teach because they have just love children. Um, and, then, and some teachers teach because they see it as part of the kingdom work. I hope you have at least the dose of the middle two and a big dose of the last ladder, the kingdom work part. Because if any of the other three, in fact, are our main focus, then this job is hard to endure. Unless I have a big kingdom picture, teaching can become discouraging. Uh, let's uh, just look briefly at Matthew 24. I'll, I'll uh, turn to that. Here in Matthew 24, we see Jesus 
and uh, he's giving a, a lesson, and it says, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Um, so school teaching isn't the only place we want to endure. We want to endure in our Christian lives. Um, one of the things that the, that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 is that charity endureth all things. So one of the, one of the keys for enduring is love. I need to love the Lord. I need to love my students. I need to love their parents. Um, and if I'm going to endure, I need that kind of love. The other thing that I noticed, do you remember when Jesus said, "You, I was sick and you visited me. I was, in, I mean, I was in prison. You visited me." And that whole list, and they said, and here's the part that I kind of missed. They didn't say, "When did we ever?" visited a sick person. They said, when did we do this to you? It wasn't so much that they forgot they ever did it, it's that they didn't realize they were doing it to Jesus. And and the so the important thing with us as teachers that helps to keep this whole thing in perspective is that we're doing it unto the Lord. We need to have patience in this work. We can go to a lot of different Bible verses. But people who endure have patience. If, if you forget the reason for the battle, there's no reason to get excited about the battle. We need to have patience to endure. We need to have temperance. Here, you heard me say it earlier. Temperance is for teachers. Um, we talked a little bit about overload. We talked about work outside of the classroom. We talked about um, so many things to do toward the end of the year. Temperance is a scriptural principle. If if Bradley keeps on trying to put in a whole bunch of hours at the ranch while he's trying to teach school, then enduring to the end probably won't... Well, it'll be harder. <laughs> um, we, we just need to apply that temperance to our jobs. How much you work, how much you eat, how much you sleep, how much you talk to other teachers after school, how much coffee you drink. Temperance applies to those things. If we don't apply that, it'll be more difficult to endure. Don't let the urgent things crowd out the important things. Stay centered, stay connected. I'd like to... Uh, 
think a, a little bit. Remember I told you about disagreement with school policy and how that can... That was one of my experiences. Um, the first year that I taught school, we were maybe six months into school, and the school board came to me, and it, it happened that year that the school board chairman was just loved to joke. And he came to me and he said, we talked about it at the school board meeting last night. We'd like for you to wear a different kind of shoes. And, and you know, he said it with a straight face, but that didn't mean anything because he was always joking. And so I laughed and made some smart aleck comment back. No, I'm serious. And then I became serious. I could not imagine the school board asking that of a teacher. Now, it's probably a good thing that we weren't able to text back in those days. Or I would have probably practiced some intemperance right then. Um, but that was something to work through. Hopefully, I could handle a little bit more better now than I did then. But uh, today, it might, now that I'm kind of set in my ways, it might be curriculum issues that I have with my school board. If, if I'm going to lose sight of the whole picture and fight for my shoes or my school books, then it's going to drain my energy and enduring to the end will become more of a challenge. In the book, Going Till You're Gone, Gary Miller reminds us, don't zig where they zag. Sometimes we kind of try to picture a, a balance scales and you think they're imbalanced this way so you jump up and down over here to try to get it to balance. <laughs> Just don't waste your energy like that. So things, things that look huge now. Try, try to be able to back up and, and give it a little space. Look out of other people's windows, as it were, and, and not make a, a bigger deal over something than what it really is. We need to have humility if we're going to to endure to the end. There's a couple down in Central California. They've been married 70 years. And... Uh, one of my friends was over visiting him a while back and he said, what, what tips do you have for the rest of us if you've lived together for 70 years? And the old man and the old lady looked at each other and finally the lady said, well, you just can't be selfish. <laughs> and 
I think that's a, a good thing for us as teachers to remember. Um, when, when we start focusing on ourselves, our, our wants and desires, our, our own goals all the time, it would be more difficult for us to endure. Now, I, I'd like some help from you in thinking about this burnout that comes from, well, all these things that you've been facing. Call it burnout, call it overload, call it tiredness. What are some things that have helped you? I see quite a few multiple year teachers in here. What has helped you to endure? Do something outside of school. And That's exactly right. That's an excellent point. Get off of autopilot and add something new, different to your lesson. I'm just going to go out and hunt for butterflies. 
So I got went to Walmart and got myself a little butterfly net. And I was having thousands of fun. I caught a bunch of butterflies and home made a little cage for them. And, and I didn't hardly study a lesson, but I felt ready. I took some time and got into them. You know, it just it was a different way of preparing. You know, just do something relaxing that is just fun. It's just simply fun. And it can help you kind of spice up your teaching style and everything. And of course, I had fun telling students about it. I got <laughs> Picturing their teacher catching butterflies. Looking for butterflies. It's inspiring to them, too. They're like, oh, that's kind of neat. Six, five hundred butterflies. I've had the privilege of seeing that one time in our classroom. This year we watched Chicks Hatch. And that was educational for both the children and I. You know, you see this picture of the, the fluffy little yellow chick beside the two pieces of eggs. That's not really how it is. <laughs> we watched that poor thing labor for almost an hour and then it got out and it looked like a drowned rat and just lay there. And we thought, oh no, now he's out and he's dead. <laughs> but uh, by the end of the day, he was a fluffy little yellow chick. <laughs> I feel a lot of talking random, being random. I'm one to shuffle things around pretty quick by moving desks or relocating mm-hmm. my desk or changing posters or bulletin boards. Not the exact cutoff date as marking periods go or something like that, but rather just right. being more random with things. And one morning, we singing this one good for devotion, so we just sang for an hour and a half that morning because it was going so good. Mm-hmm. Students just loved it. It was one of the best days of the school year. So, um, <laughs> so they didn't know it was coming until we saw it was going good. I told them, hey, give me trips. And if you want to, let's come back and sing. And they all showed up again, and we kept going. <laughs> they didn't want to stop then either. Um, so things like that, just... Keep the bubbles plugging, as I see it, you know. Mm-hmm. You can do too much of that to where you don't get your work done, but just feel random with some yeah. surprises. Yeah, I, I don't, since there aren't very many first-year teachers in here, I don't think we have to worry about confusing anyone with being too random. But but uh, that's that's right. It helps both students and teacher to keep from... Thank you so much. That was my next point, but I'm just going to repeat her exact words. Focus on what I can actually do. 
one of the things that that you just get as a teacher is kind of the dirty laundry from the families and the church issues that you have to process. And by process, I mean figure out what I can actually do. We have a new school board chairman with, I'm guessing he's got 30 years of school board experience under his belt. School hasn't even started yet. And he came to me and he said, Mr. Miller, you focus on what you can actually do. And don't worry about fixing the homes or the church. It's a good reminder. Um, I like... Well... Yeah, I do. Now I do. I like school board chairmen who say, Mr. Miller, and then follow through with instruction. I, I don't like school board chairmen anymore who say, well, you've got more experience than I do. Do whatever you think. <laughs> um, I, and and it, it really doesn't matter where we are in our teaching career. When we can appreciate instruction and learn from it, it will help our ability to endure. It goes with this word right here, humility. One of the things, the, the Bible talks about planting and harvest a number of times. And the, the thing that a, a school teacher needs to remember is that there's generally quite a bit of space in between the planting and the harvesting. And so we want to, with patience, wait for it. Keep on enduring. I'm going to just quickly turn to Romans here. But then I'd, I'd like for you to have more opportunity to say ideas that have helped you to endure. My, my next idea for enduring is be thankful. We can think of a lot of things that maybe aren't like we wish they are. And it makes us really tired. But when we begin to think of the things that we have to be thankful for, it helps us to endure. Here in Romans chapter 1, it says, Because that when they knew not God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. And then it has a conjunction. But, now, you all know enough about English grammar that when there's a conjunction like that, it's connecting what comes before with what comes after. So that tells me that neither being thankful comes with what's going to come next. It says, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. And so when I'm not thankful and I go home and I'm kind of tired anyway, and I begin imagining what tomorrow is going to go like, 
or what this student is probably telling their parents at home right now, or what's probably going to happen if I go through with what I'm planning to do tomorrow. You see, it kind of became vain in my imaginations. It hasn't even happened yet. Instead of being thankful for the insight I've been given, for the support that I do have, for the opportunity to influence lives. Let's be a thankful people. What else has helped you? Focus on your goal. That's an excellent idea. It, it goes along with being thankful, then expressing that to them. I appreciate that. Be loyal to your co-teachers. Confident that they're loyal to you. That is a tremendous encouragement. I know a number of years ago, when I was studying for a topic on procedures, I was kind of convicted like I often am on topics. And, and uh, 
it's, it's one of those things that, that, that was something I could do. And, and it, it brought a piece to our classroom. And then I, I moved to the school where, where I am now. And those procedures were already in place. I was reaping from what someone else had sowed. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a blessing. One of the things, I, I see a lot of experience here. There's something like just kind of battle fatigue. You've, you've been at this long enough that you see this problem come up and you've seen this problem before and you know it can be pretty draining and you kind of picture the whole scenario and you get discouraged. You had high ideals, you had strong convictions when you started this. And then you see this pattern starting again. You think, oh. Do not become cynical. That's a that's a temptation uh, that will hinder enduring. Do not become cynical. That may be part of the sifting as wheat. Just don't let your faith fail. Uh, if you have a handout at the bottom, it says, remember the power of the Gospel still transforms today. And I, I believe that. Any other comments? Get, get help from others. Talk to someone else who can give you encouragement. That goes with my last point. Down there uh, near Red Bluff, when I look out my living room window, I can see Mount Lassen. And uh, last year about this time, I took my boys and we hiked to the peak of Mount Lassen. Uh, there's still a glacier up there and you're doing fine until all of a sudden about the last hundred yards it just goes like this and it is brutal. And I still remember there, were, there was an older man, even older than I was, coming down and he said, keep going, it's worth it. And, and that's something that I think we need to do for each other. Keep going, it's worth it. 